My name's Jonathan Nato, and I'm a blind guy. I'm Hamad Zaidi, and I have a disability. And this is Limping on Cloud Nine. Yes, it is. You know, the last episode, Jonathan, we talked about my ghost story. Yeah. So I thought it would be apropos to do another supernatural slash unexplained spiritual one. Nice. Okay. That sounds good. Yep. So this takes us back to the summer of 1975 to start. Okay. This goes through the decades, but we're going to start in 75. Okay. That was the first time that I'd visited Pakistan. And the weirdest thing happened when I went to Pakistan, all of my family members, all my extended family, they're all super, 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 super nice. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But they always kept telling my mom and dad how sorry they were for my disability. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I kept on thinking, well, I'm not sorry. And my mom and dad don't seem to be sorry. Why are you sorry? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that also started one thing I'm telling you that my mother still does to this day that pisses me off so much, <laughs> right? When Whenever I'm in a conversation with somebody, yeah. sometimes my left arm will naturally clutch into my chest. Yeah, yeah. And my mom will just take her hand and push it down. Okay, right? okay, yeah. And, and she's like, straighten your arm, straighten your arm. And I keep on, I mean, I'm in my 40s, man. So I'm like, I'm like, mom, it's not going to get straight. It physically cannot be straight. When are you going to learn this? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So when I was a kid in Pakistan, all these relatives were saying how sorry they were for me. And my mom started to push my hand down, mm. trying to trying to think that if she could make me seem more normal, mm. they wouldn't comment as much. Mm. Right. Mm. So that was a weird summer. But here's where the story goes. Right across the street. And I can't remember if it was in Lahore, Pakistan or in Karachi, because I, I had relatives all over. Yeah. And we visited all over. Yeah. But. I remember we were visiting a relative, and right across the street was a gypsy village. Okay. Where a bunch of gypsies just lived in tents. Yeah, yeah. Right? And here's what's really wild. You know what else I remember from that area? No. Snake charmers. Really? Like, yeah, the, like, like the guys like doing real, cobras yes. and stuff? Yeah, and I, I don't mean like little gardener snakes like I had. I yeah. mean like, <laughs> like a cobra. Yeah. Man. Man, no kidding. And so being a kid, you're like, oh, my God, this dude plays the flute and a cobra comes out. Right. It's amazing. So for the first week I was there, I would be afraid to actually interact with the gypsies. But the people were really, really, really nice. Super nice. Right. Yeah. So one day I'm walking around and one of the gypsy women, she kind of waves me over and she has a big smile on her face. And all I could think is I'm not supposed to talk to strangers. I'm not supposed to talk to strangers, but she seems really nice. Yeah. So I went over there and I sat down next to her and she gave me something to eat. And <laughs> yeah, she did. She did. Ne- and then ne- she started, never mind. Don't talk to strangers. You shouldn't eat what they give you either. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I know. You could, Don't talk to them. But if they want to feed me lunch, just go for it. Right? Exactly. <laughs> So the first day she was nice, and I speak their language. I speak Urdu. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I could interact on a certain level with her. 
So I came back the next day. She'd play little games with me and all her little friends. And then I came back the third day, the fourth day, the fifth day. And finally, the fifth or sixth day that I was there, she goes, can I see your hand? And I gave her my left hand. Mm. And she's like, can I do something? And I said, I guess. She started rubbing it. Mm. She started she started putting oil on it and rubbing it, right? Mm. Mm. And then here's what I remember. She started calling it a magic arm and a magic hand. Okay. No one had ever called it that before, right? And mm. she was like the first person ever that saw it as being normal. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And she's rubbing it and calling it my magic arm. And then she kept saying, your arm, this arm is going to lead you down a very magical path in life. Mm. And, you know, I was a kid. I was still embarrassed of it uh, at a certain level. Yeah. Right? Right. Right. And this woman's telling me that it's magic and it's going to lead me down a magical path. So the next day or that night, I told my mom what she said. And, of course, my mom's like, what did you do? What are you what have you been doing? You've been going there? Are you crazy? They're gypsies. And I'm like, they're nice. They're super nice, right? So when I left Pakistan in 75, I remember being on the plane thinking to myself, I've got a magic hand. I've got mm. a magic arm. Mm. And it was a healing moment because I started to think maybe it's not as bad as I thought it was. Yeah. So then that story melts into many years later, many, many years later, that I always remembered that gypsy village. And here's the crazy thing. I'm telling you this is true, dude. As an adult, I started asking my parents about it. Mm. And every time I ask my mom, she goes, you're dreaming. You're dreaming. There was no gypsy village. I don't know what you're talking about. You're dreaming. Okay. And I'm like, no, mom, there was. There was a gypsy village directly across the street. And then five years ago, so this was not too long ago. Yeah. I'm at lunch with my mom and dad. I try to see my parents at least once a week. In fact, I'm going to go see them for lunch today. Nice. (laughs) So I try to see them as much as I can. And I'm at lunch with mom and dad. And I know one thing about my dad is he's a no-nonsense upfront guy. Yeah. He doesn't lie. Yeah. He just, whether you want to hear it or not, he'll, he'll tell you what he thinks. Right. Right. So then I knew that I couldn't ask mom because she will, you know, she's like a lawyer. Right. She will, <laughs> she will adjust the truth as needed <laughs> if she feels that that tactic will benefit the situation. Yeah, yeah. Right. My dad doesn't. He doesn't at all. So I was at lunch with him and I turned to dad and I said, hey, dad, when I was visiting Pakistan in 75 as a kid, wasn't there a gypsy village right across the road? And he's like, of course there was. You went to it every day. And my mom got so mad. She goes, what are you telling him that for? And he's like, why are you hiding it? He did. <laughs> he spent weeks there. Well, probably not weeks, but I spent like seven to ten days there. Yeah, yeah. And it's just interesting how you have this weird memory that you're not sure if it was real or not because you're so young. Yeah. And then and then one of your parents is trying to block that memory from your memory bank. Mm, mm. It's kind of strange. Yeah. Right? So... 
moving forward, because of that gypsy experience, as an adult, just for fun, I always would get my palm read. Okay. Right? And here's the thing, not from the same place, because I think that's kind of detrimental. Yeah. Not detrimental, but it's kind of useless, because they already... Right, they've already seen you or whatever, so they're just going to yeah. tell you the same they, thing over and over. They've already given you your opinion, their opinion yeah. on you, right? So I used to travel a lot. You know, before I had kids, I'd go to, what, 10, 12 major film festivals a year. Mm. And when Lonely Seal releasing my company started, uh, I would go to 8 or 10 major festivals a year to buy and sell movies. Yeah. So I'd be in a lot of cities... So one of my private things I would do with myself, I wouldn't even tell any, anyone else I was doing, is when I go to a city I haven't been to before, oftentimes I'd find a palm reader. Mm. Not because I believed or disbelieved what they were saying, but because I wanted to see if there's any consistency in what they were saying. Sure, yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and so this leads me to, like, the most daunting part of this palm reading thing is in four or five or six different cities around the world, many palm readers came up with the same thing for me. You know what that was? No. You're going to have a life-threatening and or life-changing moment at the age of 41. Really? Right? And it's kind of strange because I'm like, What? And then one or two of them said, we think you're going to die at the age of 41. No kidding. So then, thank God I didn't, like, change the way I lived because I live a really fun life. Yeah. But I just thought, well, if I am going to die at 41, I'm going to live it up until then, right? Yeah. And I didn't die at 41. But I'll tell you this. A couple of them said either it's going to be a life, either it's going to be a detrimental moment that changes you forever or it's going to be a fantastic moment that changes you forever, but something will happen at 41. Mm. And then actually a few years after 41, I realized what had happened when I was 41. And Mm. I had at that year, I found what I believed to be my re my purpose in life. Oh, really? Yeah. It was my epiphany year. No kidding. Yeah. And I always thought my purpose in life was to, make a lot of money so I could donate a lot of money and so I could secure my family's future, blah, blah, blah. At 41, I realized my purpose in life was to inspire others to chase their dreams. Mm. That it really wasn't about my dreams. It was about what I could do to help others get theirs. Mm, mm. You know, and, and when I was 41, I realized that maybe so many of my dreams are coming true so that I can inspire others to do their... Yeah. There's a weird moment when you have that that feeling, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. But I'll tell you, uh, that was weird. Can I share a couple more yeah, quick ones? Yeah, yeah. In 1989, I was a kid. I was in my early 20s. Yeah. And I was walking down the boardwalk in Atlantic City. Okay. I'll never, ever ever forget this i had my shirt that i still have today it was a rolling stones t-shirt on from the 89 tour yeah that was an amazing tour <laughs> incredible tour. but i had really ugly long hair 
<laughs> I had a dangling ear. I still have a small earring now, but I had like a super long dangling earring. Yeah, yeah. So I had this long, ugly-ass feathered haircut, long earring, stone shirt on. I'm walking down the boardwalk in Atlantic City, and this completely conservative-looking woman in her 40s, so she's at least twice my age, mm. was walking the other direction with her conservative-looking children and her straight-laced husband. Sure, sure. She walks past me, and she stops, just dead in her tracks, turns around, and then I notice that she just was staring at me, so I turned around, and she's like, can you wait a minute there? <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, my God, is this a mother of somebody I wronged? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I could be in trouble. I could be in trouble. And she comes up to me, and she's like, what's your name? And I said, Hamad. And she goes, she goes, do you realize who you are? And then I thought, lady, you're a freak, right? Right. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I know who I am. And she goes, no, you don't know who you are. She goes, do you? She goes, I could feel your aura from back there. Do you realize how powerful you're going to become? And I gave her this look, and I'm like, oh, my God, she's out of her mind. Right? <laughs> You know, I need to look around for a straight jacket, right? <laughs> and then she said something, and I was being elated because I was having fun with it. I thought she was a nut, right? Yeah, yeah. But then she said something that totally deflated me. Mm. She goes, you are going to have extreme power later in life. However, I can't tell if you're going to utilize it for good or evil. Wow. I'm like, what? And she's like, all I'm telling you is I feel it. I feel it. Feel your aura. But I just can't tell if you're going to be good or evil. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that freaky? It is. It's so weird. Because <laughs> you're thinking, oh, my God. Does she think I'm either going to be a billionaire or a serial killer? I mean, <laughs> it's the weirdest, weirdest moment. And this leads me to the, the final moment that I'd like to discuss. Mm. Years later, I was on, I used to have an office on Sunset Boulevard in Los Angeles. And right across the street from my office was a tarot card reader. Mm. And I passed her a zillion times, but I'd never walked in. And one day I thought, you know what? Screw it. I want to do it. Right? Yeah. So I go in there, and she smiles, and she goes, I see you walking by here a lot. This is your first time in. I'm like, yep. I just want to say hi. See, how much do you charge for a full reading? And she's like, it was 50 or $60, which I thought was really expensive. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Normally, they're like 10 bucks, 5 bucks, maybe 15 now with inflation. And she's like, it'll be 50 or $60. It was one of the two. And so I thought, you know what? Even if she's a crackpot, it's a good story. And I love good stories. <laughs> so why not try it? Yeah. So I gave her the money. I think it was 50 bucks. I laid it down in front of her. She goes, give me your palm. And she starts reading my palm. Okay. I, and she looks at me and she looks at my palm and she looks at me 
And then, Jonathan, she scoots her chair back away from me. Okay. She's on the other side of a table, right? Yeah, yeah. And she scoots her chair back, and I'm like, I'm thinking, am I? Do I smell? Right? <laughs> is my is my breath bad? What's going on here? And she pulls away, and she goes, "Take your money." And I'm like, "Excuse me," and she goes, "Just take your money." I'm like, "Why? Why?" And she looks at me, and she goes, "No, this isn't a bad thing. I'm nothing wrong with you. This is not a bad thing." But she goes, "You have an incredible." Incredibly powerful aura, and it's overwhelming me. And I'm like, really? Come on, come on. You know, do you want 20 more? Because now I'm interested. <laughs> right? Yeah. You're like, Here, here's 100. <laughs> like, here, I'll give you 75. You want 70, 75 bucks? And she's like, listen, you're taking this the wrong way. You're not a bad guy. It's not even a negative aura. It's pretty positive. It's just overwhelming, and it's just too strong for me to read. And I'd rather not do it. Man. And that was that. No kidding. So I guess the interesting thing about these stories is it just makes me think, yeah, they're all crazy on one level, but they are what I experienced. And I know there's a lot of people out there that will say the dude is a complete crackpot and he's making this crap up. And there's other people out there that will say, I totally believe what he's saying because I've had the same experience. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what makes our, our lives, not my life and your life, but everybody's lives so original and unique because you do have these experiences. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, sort, of, I, 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 I sort of had the same experience with, with that where I only, I, I only had my tarot card read once. It was only because like a friend who was moving had started getting into it and she was like, let, let me just do it. I'm like, all right, whatever, fine. And, and so she read it and she was just like, I can't believe this. I was like, what? I was like, what? you know, like especially at this point, like I wasn't a Christian. It was like, I, you know, it was like the, the within the first year of my mom passing away. So I'm just like, what? Don't tell me I'm like going to die or something. You know, like, and, and she's like, no, 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 it's, it's, it's amazing. And I was like, well, what is it? And she's like, she's like, honestly, I don't even really know how to interpret some of this. Cause like, I've never seen anything like this. I was like, come on. You know, like. How how different can it be? And so she started kind of breaking down, like, well, this means this. And, you know, explaining stuff to me, she's just like, I have no idea how to even read this. She's like, all I know is, like, it's sort of what you, they were saying to you. Like, you, you're, you're destined for, like, these amazing things, and it's just like, you're just off the charts. And I, I can't even tell you everything. I was like, all right. And Well, that's beautiful, man. And so what happened? I mean, that was kind of, you know, I, we left it at that with her because she was just like, I don't even know what to tell you. She was like, some cards of like kingship came up and like it means whatever, you know, they're all symbolic and stuff. And depending on where they line up, they all, you know, they mean different things. And she was just like, this is off the charts. I can't even tell you what, what it means. Like, I, she's like, I have no clue. And with, I think it was maybe that same year, like there's a, a, a fair in the next town over that I grew up going to all the time. And I was with some friends, and they're just like, "Hey, you want to get your palm read?" And I was like, "Sure, why not?" You know. And so I went in and got my palm read, and th- this girl was basically saying like the same stuff. She was just like, "Man, I I don't even know what to tell you." She's like, "This is all good, but I, I j- there's just so much here. I don't even know what to say." 
Like it, it, it's just like this really powerful, successful, like overcoming thing that I see, and I, I just don't know how to tell you anymore. I was like, all right, and so the, that's the only two times I've ever had anything like that done where it was, it was good, but sort of inconclusive in a sense. Well, yeah, and you know, before the lady. Uh, it, on Sunset Boulevard, before she actually asked me to take my money back and go. Yeah. The, the only thing I remember her saying is, because I was younger, is she would look at my palm and she said, you've had definite struggles, which anybody could do. You see the disabled right. guy walk, out, walk <laughs> right. in, you're like, you've had struggles. Yeah, oh, yeah, you're a genius. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. But then... She kept on saying, you're really going to hit your stride in your, your mid to late 40s. Mm. And what's really funny is my most success of my entire life has happened in my 40s. Mm. Now, for skeptics, they'd say, well, that happens to everybody because you're older and you have more experience in what you do. Right, right. But she kept on saying, you're going to reach stupid heights, like crazy heights. Yeah. But you're not going to even start that process until you're in mid midlife. And that was 20 years before, you know, you're in your 20s, you said, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It was 20 years before. So I, I tease my wife all the time. I'm like, you know, that palm reader said, my, my wife's like, I hope she was right. I really <laughs> hope she was right. You're there right now, big guy. Time, time to step up. <laughs> So anyway, I try to litter these podcasts with a bit of humor, even when we're talking about stuff that's kind of serious. Yeah. Because we want everyone to, you know, just know that life is a mixed bag, man. You're going to get really crazy stuff and you're going to get really daunting stuff and you're going to get really fun stuff. Yeah, no, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. But the key to me living my life is just enjoy it every day. I'll close on this thought. Somebody asked me a question the other day, two days ago, mm. and they, they said, in one word, define the most important thing to you in your life. And it took me less than a second to think of it. I'm like, happiness. And they go, happiness? And I'm like, yep, happiness. Because it encompasses everything. Mm, mm. It encompasses your spiritual beliefs. It encompasses, you know, your health. It encompasses everything. Mm, yeah. So on that note, I wish happiness onto everyone. There you go. And on that note, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, YouTube, every other podcatcher on Android. You can ch- follow. Oh, I forgot to mention. Follow us on Twitter. Follow like us on Facebook. Uh, you know, everyone, thank you again so much for downloading. The numbers keep going up. Thank you so much. Keep sharing. And uh, you know, we've been getting, like, comments on the websites, too, which, which is cool, too. So uh, thank you to everyone doing that. And don't forget to check out toysaccessible.com, where all of the toys that are developed, created, manufactured, sold on that site are taking uh, into consideration various types of disabilities for children. And these toys meet those needs where the children can have a fun time playing with toys that have been uh, carefully put together, taking their... Uh, needs in mind so check out toysaccessible.com yep and if you want to email us it is info at limping on cloud com. that is the number nine info at limping on cloud com. everyone thank you for listening and downloading we'll talk to you next episode see ya <laughs>